0: Mr. Yuck is me
1: Heads up, Gen Xers and elder millennials is This episode may cause flashbacks of Saturday morning cartoons of yesteryear
2: Home is full of bad things that can hurt you very much
1: In the 70s and 80s, there was a whole cast of characters for PSA commercials Smokey the Bear, McGruff the Crime Dog, Louie the Lightning Bug And the poster child for poisoning prevention was Mr. Yuck, a frowning face on a little round sticker that
0: parents put on household chemicals.
2: Things marked Yuck make you sick, 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 sick.
0: Mr. Yuck's stickers debuted in 1971, and in a number of cities, they're still helping to keep kids out of harm's way.
2: Mr. Yuck is green.
0: From the University of Pittsburgh, this is Pitt MedCast. I'm Erica Lloyd.
1: And I'm Elaine Vitone. In this episode, an origin story of that famous Grimace who turns 50 this year. Stay with us. On a recent snowy winter day. Retired pediatrician Dr. Richard Moriarty shows me, over Zoom, a bobblehead doll in his likeness. (laughs) His husband had it commissioned for him years ago as a gift.
2: It's one of a kindness to say it has all my features, my receding gray hairline and the space between my front teeth.
1: And of course, on the bobblehead shirt is a picture of Mr. Yuck. He pulls out some photographs. Moriarty with his neighborhood hockey team, whom he sponsors from the sidelines.
2: It's the mighty yucks.
1: Moriarty at Pittsburgh City Council Chambers when he was recognized for his achievements in 2019 on his 80th birthday.
2: The city did a proclamation and then the state of Pennsylvania did one. And then the Congress, the United States, did one too. There's the congressman standing right beside me.
1: As Representative Mike Doyle of Pennsylvania said that day, You can't count how many lives were saved by Mr. Yuck's stickers.
0: Moriarty, a Pitt School of Medicine alumnus and longtime associate professor of pediatrics, devoted much of his career to educating the public about the dangers of poisoning. But that's not all he did to make this world a safer place for kids.
1: Moriarty published papers on toxicology, He nudged manufacturers towards safer products and clear, plain language labeling. He founded the National Poison Center Network and helped set the standards for what a poison center is today. He served at the request of the Consumer Product Safety Commission on the committee that brought us
0: child-safe packaging. Mr. Yuck is his biggest claim to fame, but when Moriarty introduced him to the world in 1971, he was just getting started.
1: when those round green faces with tongues stuck out in a universal sign of distaste could not be found under the kitchen sink. Crucial information, like what to do if your toddler ate a tin of shoe polish, for example, was hard to come by.
0: When the first Poison Center was established in 1953 at the behest of the American Academy of Pediatrics and funded by eight hospitals in Chicago, it was little more than an office with a part-time administrative assistant. That person would call emergency departments each morning to find out what kids had eaten the night before. Then began the process of cajoling the manufacturers into revealing
1: the product's ingredients. Soon, this amounted to almost a thousand items written up on large index cards with the trade name and the ingredients. A committee of doctors and pharmacists got together to describe the symptoms and treatments for accidental ingestions. And that information was added to the cards.
0: Eventually, when one of the hospitals was faced with a the poisoning, they would call the administrative assistant who would pass on the information.
1: The Surgeon General heard about these cards and decided to distribute copies of them across the country. Poison centers sprang up all over. In less than six months, the state of Illinois alone had 104. Index cards are easy to carry off. Before long, the information was scattered all
0: over hospitals. The chore of actually locating all of a poison center's cards and then keeping them current was not a task for the faint of heart.
1: This was the sorry state of affairs when the young Richard Moriarty, a native of Pittsburgh's Lawrenceville neighborhood, was training in pediatrics in the late 1960s.
2: Yeah, I was doing my internship and residency at Charles Hospital here in Pittsburgh, and we would rotate through the emergency room, and there was a poison center there, in name only.
1: It consisted of some outdated toxicology books, that card file, which was usually a total mess.
2: And a phone, and and when the phone rang, whoever picked it up was the poison center. It was us, interns and residents, and we were flying by the seat of our pants.
1: The illusion of expertise Troubled him.
2: And I thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. In
1: 1971, after a fellowship in clinical pharmacology and a year as chief pediatrics resident, he took on the role of director of the Poison Center at what is now UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Moriarty hired clerks to get the files in shape and developed a dedicated nursing staff to handle the center's calls. His was one of the very first poison centers to provide 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week coverage. He wondered how he could share his center's expertise with other hospitals. Should they copy their now-efficient information base? and risk it suffering the same fate as the original Chicago-designed system? Or read the information over the phone and just hope that nothing was misheard? One night at dinner with a friend, the answer came in a stroke of luck, the kind that the charismatic Moriarty often seems to attract. As it happened, his pal at the table had a brother who worked for Xerox, which had an exciting new gadget called A telecopier. And they said,
2: what the hell is a telecopier? And what it was was a machine that allowed you to send over a telephone line a sheet of paper, like magic. Sure, it took four minutes to send an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper because it was the precursor of the fax machine.
1: This was years and years before fax became an everyday word. Moriarty got telecopiers to link Presby, and soon other hospitals, to the Poison Center. That was a game changer.
2: So I would say, look, you need to go to Butler Hospital. We'll be in touch with them and we're gonna send them what they need to know about how to manage what happened to your kid. And by the same token, Butler Hospital could then send us how things went. And with that information, we could really begin to fine tune our treatment protocols.
1: As the center at Children's became more and more of a resource, Moriarty's thoughts turned to outreach. There was a real problem with families immediately jumping into the car rather than calling the poison center first. As a resident, Moriarty once saw a family that, in the mad dash to the hospital, got T-boned by a truck.
2: And I thought, you know, this is dumb. This should never happen. Because frankly, the vast majority of things that kids or or anybody get into, they're not life-threatening. And if you call us, we could say, okay, not much to worry about. Settle down. You don't have to do anything. Or we could handle it at home. Or if we really needed to see them, we could say, sure, come on down. So that was the beginning of my thoughts about an educational program.
1: After another dinner with friends, he didn't eat dinner at home very much in those days, he notes laughing. (laughs) Moriarty found himself hooked up with the Vic Maitland Agency and its stable of artists and advertising experts, including Dick Garber, a marketing wizard. The project team went directly to their audience.
2: So we ask kids, if you get into a poison, what happens?
1: Three common themes emerged.
2: Your mother would yell at you, you'd get sick, you'd die.
1: So he had a graphic designer make mock-ups of a yelling face, a sick face, and a dead face. Then he asked another group of kids, which face do you not like?
2: And the kids said,
1: we don't like that sick face. And the finishing touch? The color. They tried out several with their target market. And the one that really repelled the kids was bright green. Had a kid who
2: said that looks yucky, and I said we got a name. We're going to call it Mr. Yuck.
1: Moriarty presented Mr. Yuck at the national meeting of the American Association of Poison Control Centers in the mid 1970s. The first to sign on was what's now known as the Washington Poison Center in Seattle. In time, Mr. Yuck was in dozens of cities. At the bottom of each sticker was the phone number for a local poison control center. Remember, this was before National 800 numbers. And on the back of the stickers were instructions for the grown-ups. Put these on all the dangerous stuff under your sink and in your medicine cabinet. Tell your kids that when they see Mr. Yuck, that means stay away. Teachers are still huge boosters of this program. My kids learned about Mr. Yuck in daycare.
2: (coughs) Mr. Yuck caught on like gangbusters. I still have people singing the jingle to me 50 years later. Mr. Yuck is me. Mr. Yuck, yuck is green. green.
1: The commercial even aired once during the Super Bowl. I would
2: have people telling me that, that their kids would say, Mom, you put that in the wrong place. Look, it has a yuck sticker on it. It's supposed to go here so we can't get into it.
1: By 1978, the number of poison centers across the country had swelled to 700. Moriarty pressed hard for quality over quantity a smaller number of strong centers was much better than a bunch of little centers that weren't necessarily meeting everybody's needs. And he got some grumbling for that, but he had an enticing carrot to win people over, Mr. Yuck.
2: Everybody loved Mr. Yuck from a medical standpoint, but I said, you gotta do it with everything else.
1: Meaning you've gotta be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week you've got to have a staff with the right training, and you've got to buy into the telecopier and the whole nine yards. It's a
2: package deal, or it just doesn't
1: work. Today, there are 55 poison control centers across the United States. A national poison help hotline number, 1-800-222-1222, routes calls to the nearest poison center, staffed around the clock by pharmacists, physicians, nurses, and other toxicology specialists. Each year, the Pittsburgh Poison Center alone responds to more than 150,000 requests for poison information. Their offices at UPMC Presbyterian, helmed by Managing Director Dr. Amanda S. Koronowski and Medical Director Dr.
0: Michael Lynch, are still home base for Mr. Yuck to order your own set of Mr. Yuck stickers and other poison prevention education materials, visit their website, mr-yuck1.com. That's m r y u k the
1: number 1.com. During the pandemic, with families spending so much time at home, accidental exposures are on the rise, especially for bleach, hand sanitizer, and disinfectant. So, A quick PSA, make sure to ventilate properly when you use these products. And of course, keep them away from kids. Moriarty left the Poison Center in 1989, then Children's in 1999, to pursue a lifelong dream of taking care of kids in a private practice setting which he did for a decade at the former St. Francis Medical Center. These days, he's staying busy as president of the Carnegie Discoverers program at Carnegie Museum of Natural History and a board member of Pittsburgh Public Theater. Unsurprisingly, he did a bit of community theater himself years ago.
2: (laughs) My mom would say, you were vaccinated with a Victrola needle because you just talk and talk and talk and talk. I've always felt that as a physician, if you're going to succeed, you've got to be a bit of an actor. You're not only selling yourself, but you're selling what you want them to do. And particularly in pediatrics, that can get to be tough.
1: Whenever he gets to chatting with someone new, like a restaurant staffer, he shows them the Mr. Yuck symbol and quizzes them. He always has a Mr. Yuck handy because he carries a money clip with the famous face engraved on it, a gift from the former Pitt pediatrics chair, Tim Oliver.
2: I would say, do you know what that is? And they say, oh, yeah, that's Mr. Yuck. And then I would say, well, guess who brought you Mr. Yuck? And then all kinds of stories would come forth. I've run into people that say, yeah, you saved my life. And I say, well, a whole bunch of folks helped to save your life.
1: You never do it alone, he says. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Pitt Medcast, we hope you'll subscribe, spread the word, and consider leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Those help us to move up in the charts
0: so more listeners can discover the show. For a heads up on our episode releases, follow us on Twitter at Pitt med Mag, Instagram at Pitt underscore Med underscore Magazine, or visit our website, pitmed.health.pit.edu. And Pitt is always with two T's. This episode was based on a 2003 Pitt Med Magazine story, It's Not Easy Being Green, written by Sally Ann Flecker and adapted and produced by Elaine Vitone. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Pitt Med Magazine is published by the University of Pittsburgh Office of University Communications and Marketing and the School of Medicine.